you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Rhett Lewis, and this is NFL Inside Report, a special episode featuring the fall league meeting and first in-person meeting since 2019 at a time when the Washington football team investigation is at the forefront of NFL conversation. Tom Pelissero and Judy Batista are at the meeting and join us where on Wednesday morning, we heard from some NFL owners, including Raiders owner Mark Davis, who dealt with fallout from that investigation. John Gruden, of course, resigning after emails to then-Washington President Bruce Allen, which contained bigoted language, were leaked. Tom, how's Davis reacting now to Commissioner Roger Goodell's statement at the meeting that the league will continue to keep the investigation findings confidential? Mark Davis did say he thinks that probably a written report would be appropriate. Probably, yeah. I I think that there should be. Yeah. Did you like... Especially with some of the things that were... uh, I guess, uh, charged. Yeah, I, I believe so. I think people believe that, that deserve it, especially the people that were, quote, victims. Because when he was asked repeatedly about uh, Daniel Snyder, about the handling of the Washington football team investigation, about uh, additional emails, he continued to repeat the same phrase, which is, I can't comment because I don't have the information. The NFL has all the answers. They have all the information. That has certainly been a point of frustration for many people. Mark Davis, uh, chief among them throughout the course of this uh, process here, uh, simply because, you know, he learned from a Wall Street Journal reporter on the Thursday before John Gruden's resignation. That was the first he had heard about the initial email pertaining to NFLPA executive director uh, Demora Smith. It was only the day after that that the NFL released the additional emails. And so he took several days to evaluate, to talk to people involved, to talk to alumni, to talk to players, try to uh, arrive at the right decision. And in the end, as I reported at the time, um, the consensus was that the fairest solution for everyone involved, as much as nobody wanted it to come to this, was for John Gruden to tender his resignation and Mark Davis to accept it. 
On the other hand, Judy, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones saying Wednesday he was very satisfied with how the investigation was handled and the consequences handed down. Does that reflect the overall feeling from league ownership? Well, first of all, let me set the scene. Jerry Jones was one of the few owners who stopped. Uh, you know, we gave chase after a number of owners, but Jerry stopped for a few moments. Um, and he said, you know, very satisfied with how and with how it was handled. And then he said, I speak for all membership. Very satisfied. Very fair. Very satisfied. Very fair. Uh, very important that uh, 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 all the clubs in the league... Uh, are aware that, uh, uh, and we all are, very sensitive to the workplace and uh, certainly approve of the way the league handled it. You know, with all due respect to Jerry Jones, I, I think we've all talked to Tom and I have, and Ian also has, have talked to other people who would not share that characterization of how the full membership feels. There are certainly owners who are concerned about how this was handled, some who are very concerned uh, about the public fallout of it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think Jerry Jones was probably sugarcoating what the overall reaction is. They, nobody is happy that the last few weeks of the season here have been hijacked by this story. Commissioner Roger Goodell reiterating he feels the punishment for the Washington football team was appropriate and the handling of the investigation findings will stay private to protect the victims. Judy, any sense now with Congress getting involved in the increased public pressure that those sentiments from the commissioner will change at all? Uh, not if they have their druthers, it's not going to change. Um, you know, he did say that, you know, uh, we know that Congress, there's some uh, members of Congress who are interested in talking to them about it, and obviously they will comply with what they need to comply with for Congress. But uh, no, they are not going to reveal any more uh, of the emails or any other details of the investigation if they absolutely don't have to. He reiterated many times in that press conference, they felt that they had to do this to protect the people who came forward, even though a number of those people um, are now calling on the NFL to release more information, including two who showed up here in the hotel lobby and literally handed them a letter asking them to turn over more information. But he said they had to protect the confidentiality of the people who came forward. When you make a promise to protect that in, in anonymity, uh, to make sure that we get the right information, um, you need to stand by that. And so we're very conscious of making sure that we're protecting uh, those that came forward. I asked during that press conference, well, aren't you also concerned about the perception that while you're trying to shield uh, these whistleblowers, that in the process you're shielding the owner who oversaw this toxic workplace environment? And uh, they just don't see it that way. I understand the media would like more transparency. I understand they would like more emails. I mean, they say this is what they had to do to get the investigation done, that they feel things have been put into place uh, to ensure that this uh, behavior will not be repeated. I think uh, from my standpoint, uh, we've been very firm about the importance of making sure that we got all the information. We made it clear that there was not a workforce here in a workplace that we feel, not, excuse me, not a workforce, but a workplace environment that we feel is appropriate. Uh, so I think we achieved that. And I believe that the changes that are being made to that organization are consistent with Beth thought necessary to make sure we did do that. They are dug in. If, if they can avoid it, they are not going to, to release more information.
Also along those lines, two women who were Washington football team employees and were involved in the investigation showed up in the lobby of the hotel where the meetings are taking place, where you guys are, Tom, and wanted to be seen and heard. How did that scene play out? Well, how it went down is they showed up. We're at a prominent New York hotel. Obviously, they figured out which one it was. Uh, They arrived with copies of the letter that they hoped to be passed to uh, all of the NFL owners as well as the league, in which, in no uncertain terms, they demanded that the NFL uh, release the full findings of the uh, Washington football team investigation. And this really follows a series of calls uh, for similar uh, things to be done from the attorney for 40 of the women for uh, multiple two uh, House committee chairs in Congress uh, who have asked for documents and other evidence pertaining to the investigation. The NFL Players Association has asked for uh, the full findings, all the emails to be released, because, of course, the first one that became public pertained uh, to more to Demora Smith. And then you counter that with Roger Goodell going to the podium and saying that part of the reason or the primary reason, frankly, that uh, they do not feel it's appropriate to release any further information, much less all the information related to uh, the investigation, is that they had promised anonymity to people who spoke with the league uh, and they do not want to compromise this or other investigations. So, you know, Goodell also mentioned they went through 6 million documents. They interviewed 150 people. Uh, Obviously, 40 of them or the dozen people who signed on to the letter yesterday, whatever the number is, there are a bunch of them who seem to not care about anonymity because their names are very publicly now uh, attached to this. Uh, So you have some, you know, some back and forth. But from the league's perspective, this was an investigation that, remember, it was initially the team that hired Beth Wilkinson. Right. Uh, then the NFL took over the investigation to ensure its independence. Uh, and so it's the league that uh, merited out the discipline of the $10 million fine. Uh, Daniel Snyder not being in charge of day-to-day operations uh, for uh, several months, an indeterminate amount of time. Daniel Snyder would likely counter that this was not punishment, but rather part of the agreement. And that uh, his wife, Tanya, becoming co-CEO uh, was going to be a permanent uh thing that they wanted to do in terms of the structure of the organization. So you've got a lot of different different moving parts here. What we do know is there are a lot of people upset with the NFL about the way that the Washington football team investigation has been handled. But you also have the NFL, which in essence says, we think we did the right thing and we're done. And Tom, just to follow up for clarity real quick, there was no timeline set for that for Dan Snyder to resume day-to-day operations as the owner. Is that correct? What it was initially said uh, was several months, Rhett. And and I would tell you this. I have explored via the league, via the team, via various public relations executives, some type of statement saying who today is in charge of the Washington football team. No one has provided that clarity to this point, Roger Goodell referenced that Dan Snyder has not been around in four months, so we can fairly infer from that that it's Tanya Snyder. But an unusual situation where, on one hand, the league paints it as discipline for Daniel Snyder. On the other hand, Snyder himself paints it as a voluntary thing that he did. And at the same time, because it was indeterminate, it was just several months. And we're now over three months, four months from when that was initially announced. Potentially could be back. We know he's at games. We know he's involved in halftime ceremonies. It's it's a it's a unique situation to put it lightly. Judy. 
Just to be clear on that, I was told this week that this point, the fall meeting was the earliest moment that he could uh, ask to return to full operating power of the franchise. Yeah. This is the earliest. We, we don't know if he will do that. Presumably he would do it as soon as he possibly can. And we certainly don't know what the disposition of it would be at that point. And, and Judy, you've been to, to so many of these league meetings. How would you describe the, the unique nature of this one, considering what we saw unfold in the lobby and the topics that are discussed, that have been discussed? I got to be honest, they've had some crazy league meetings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, yeah. is, you know, this is one, but it's certainly, uh, it doesn't stand alone. I, I, like I, I would characterize the feeling is, um, I think they're frustrated. I, I, as we, we both said before, there are certainly owners who are very troubled about this investigation and who, who um, you know, maybe don't think uh, it was handled entirely uh, the way it should have been handled. And certainly maybe that the discipline was not where it should have been. Um, but I think there's really a, like universal frustration that they're having this great season, right? The games have been amazing. Uh, COVID seems to be under control. The ratings are fantastic. And, you know, they are dealing with this, uh, you know, nightmare crisis um, internally. And, and I, I think there's just frustration and sadness and, um, you know, and, and sort of befuddlement about like how on earth did they get here? Still to come on this episode of NFL Inside Report. At this point, that's not to say the NFL is not going to punish Deshaun Watson and he won't get suspended. It's always been more likely, though, that any suspension would come in 2022. While reports persist about a potential Deshaun Watson trade, Tom and Judy discussing those prospects and his potential availability to a new team. Details just ahead. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Continuing our coverage now of the NFL Fall League meeting with Tom Pelissero and Judy Batista. Deshaun Watson's name and the NFL's investigation into the allegations of sexual misconduct against him addressed by Commissioner Roger Goodell on Tuesday evening. Tom, where do we stand with a potential Watson trade and his availability to a new team? I would tell you this, Rhett, and this is a reflection in part on the way that this story has been reported. There have been many occasions where it seemed like a trade was, quote-unquote, close. There have been multiple times where people have reported that a trade is close, but those of us who cover the NFL on a daily basis and understand how trades work would tell you there is no such thing as close, particularly when you have as many complicating factors as exist with Deshaun Watson. So could the deal get done before this podcast posts? Yes, in which case you're never <laughs> going to hear this segment. Could it get done next Tuesday? Yes. Could it happen in the offseason? Yes. There are several different people. It's not just the teams that have to make a decision. It's right. the Texans. It's other teams. It is Deshaun Watson and his agent because he's only waived his no trade clause to one place, and that is Miami. He could effectively veto a trade to any place else. And then, of course, you have different decisions from the Houston Police Department or, more notably, the district attorney and potentially right. grand jury if it's forwarded along there, obviously, Roger Goodell and the people involved with the NFL, a disciplinary process, which now is uh, would be under an arbitrator. But um, there, there's just there's so many different people who have to act. But the upshot from here was Roger Goodell reiterated what they told the Texans before the start of training camp, which is these are serious allegations of sexual misconduct, 22 civil lawsuits. There's a police investigation. We pride ourselves on not interfering in that. Um, being cooperative as we can to make sure we get all the facts. Uh, but I think that process is still ongoing. And until that process is ongoing and we have enough data and enough information to be able to make a determination of whether he should go on commissioner exam, uh, we don't feel that we have that necessary information at this point. There's ongoing NFL investigation. However, as of now, he is unrestricted to participate in football activities. And everybody forgets Deshaun Watson was on the practice field in right. the early stages of training camp, he wasn't necessarily doing a lot, but he was out there. If you're on the exempt list, that's paid leave. You are not even in the building. He is eligible, has remained eligible. In order to qualify for the exempt list, you either need to be charged with a felony, charged with a crime of violence, or the commissioner needs to believe, based upon initial investigation, that you may have committed one of those things. So at this point, that's not to say the NFL is not going to punish Right. Deshaun Watson, that he won't get suspended. It's always been more likely, though, that any suspension would come 
in 2022, just because the civil cases aren't even scheduled to go to trial until next May. And the criminal case, nobody has a timeline on it because it goes from the police to the DA to potentially a grand jury before any charging decision would be made. And so, Judy, then until we get some sort of progress on either the civil front or the criminal front, this looks like status quo for Deshaun Watson and his availability to play for any team moving forward. It looks like if he were traded uh, to a team that wants to put him on the field immediately, that he would be allowed by the NFL to be put on the field immediately, which is not to say that that can't change. But as as far as the information they've got right now, if he were traded this afternoon, he could play. It, it sounds like they would they would not make that move. Let's be clear. There are uh, categories of, about what gets you on the commissioner's exemplist, but there is some wiggle room there. And um, if they get more information, uh, either from a police investigation or their own investigation or for grand jury indicts, um, it gives the commissioner, you know, pretty broad powers to say, well, I think you may have been involved in something and I'm going to put you on the commissioner's exemplist while we look at it further. And that's that's the key element here is do they get enough information to get to that point? And the other thing that's been misreported and misunderstood is somehow being traded would change whether or not he's eligible to go on the exempt list. It's based upon evidence. It's based upon the commissioner's evaluation. It's not based on he's off the field based on an agreement between the Texans and Watson, and now he's on a different team, so now he's exempt listed. That would be counter to everything that you know the NFL tries as best they can to say we're running a fair process. Now, are certain cases handled differently? Yes, but when you think of the high-profile exempt list cases through the years, it's Adrian Peterson who was indicted by a grand jury. It's Greg Hardy who was found guilty at an initial trial before he applied to get a second trial. It was Josh Brown who apparently uh, appeared to confess to some really heinous crimes, uh, and he was placed on the exempt list. But others, guys like Ezekiel Elliott, played an entire season after initial allegations came out, after the investigation began, ultimately was suspended for six games, and that went into federal courts, and I covered that case in federal courts in three different states. You know, this is another situation. I'm not comparing any personal conduct situations, but the point is this is not unprecedented for the NFL to not exempt list someone, but that also doesn't mean that they won't eventually be suspended and potentially suspended for a long time because once the police investigation wraps up, they potentially will have a lot more information than they do at this moment in time. Tom, obviously, diversity hires in the NFL has been uh, a major discussion point in the NFL the last few years and continues to be at this league meeting with some Rooney Rule enhancements being talked about. Uh, What's your understanding there? So the NFL owners were informed on Tuesday that there are going to be further enhancements uh, to the Rooney Rule uh, into this coming hiring cycle for head coaches and general managers. The most notable change is that now there will be at least one mandatory external minority candidate interview. In person is the key here. It now must be conducted in person because the NFL for years has, if for at least the past uh, several years, has mandated multiple interviews with minority candidates for any top posts. What happened last year was because of COVID, there were a lot of different rules about who you were allowed to interview in person and who had to be interviewed virtually. 
what they found was that clubs really liked the virtual interviews because they could interview a whole bunch of people. You could knock out three, four interviews in a day, get to know more people, feel like you're spending more substantive time, and then narrow it down so that you're not just you know getting a guy on the fourth day of a four-day tour and he's coming in, he's worn out from all these other interviews flying around the country. Now it's you, you narrow it down and get the finalists in-house. So what they want to make sure that this process does and this with this enhancement is a lot, make teams spend more time with a diverse pool of candidates. Effectively, from the outside looking in, whenever we see someone is brought in, especially from a virtual interview first, or if they have a second interview, that generally means someone is a finalist. So without saying it, they've sort of created an environment in which you will have a diverse group of finalists for most, if not all, jobs heading in now here to uh, January of 2022. You also remember the Buffalo Bills made a proposal that was tabled back in May to delay the entire process. No interviews for head coaching jobs till after the conference championship games. No hires until after the Super Bowl. I know that there were some people in the league who liked that idea, but it did not gain traction with owners, so it did not go to a vote. However, the hope is these other types of changes, uh, the ones they've made in recent years and also requiring at least one in-person interview with an external minority candidate, will have the same effect, which is slow down the process, make people think a little bit, don't have people uh, rushing as much. And as much as we focus, rightly so, on uh, the numbers, the makeup um, of current head coaches and general managers, we can't overlook the fact that last year you had two minority head coaches hired, David Culley, who was black in Houston, uh, Robert Sala, who was Lebanese by the New York Jets, and you had three Black general managers hired Martin Mayhew in Washington, Brad Holmes in Detroit, and Terry Fontenot in Atlanta. The NFL would say they have more work to do, but they view that as signs of progress. And that's without even mentioning when you look at some of the coordinator changes that took place, quarterback coaches, which is always a big feeder position. There's also been a more diverse makeup of people holding those jobs here over the past couple of years. I think we should be clear, though, that this is them trying to engineer uh, greater diversity, um, you know, sort of tinkering around the edges. And uh, the fact that it comes against the backdrop of, you know, emails involving John Gruden and Bruce Allen that clearly laid bare there was not a great regard for increased diversity initiatives in the league. You know, you you hope these bear fruit, but like there's some skepticism, no question about it. Certainly. Uh, another topic, guys, that were that was on display here uh, or uh, d- being discussed was the taunting rule. And uh, it's one that fans have not been a fan of. Players don't seem to be a big fan of it. Uh, and then, you know, thought that it probably came from ownership. But it sounds like a lot of the discussion that Roger Goodell mentioned, you know, was the coaches are 100 percent on board with this. I would tell you that our clubs uh, to the coach believe that this is the right thing to do. Judy, is that was that your understanding? That's been clear all, all season that the yeah. coaches liked it. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin, who is a member of the competition committee, has been clear that uh, he, he likes it. I mean, they, they feel that um, I, I yeah, I'm paraphrasing, but they basically feel like it's a slippery slope. I mean, that is the, sort of what Troy Vincent said yesterday when talking about taunting. The game is no good without sportsmanship. Uh, you got to play the game with uh, with a level of respect. Um, I had to do it. Those that came before me had to do it. And again, this is not to take the fun out of the game. We've had 21, as we would call, sportsmanship taunting penalties called uh, at this particular time. A year ago, there was five. It just leads to bad outcomes. 
this is not to take away celebrations. It's not to, you know, be the no fun league, but they don't want guys standing over each other and taunting. They, they like this. Um, it's not going anywhere. The fact of the matter is there haven't been that many calls. There were a bunch of calls in the first two weeks and everybody went crazy. And there haven't been that many calls since. So it has leveled off. Guys are not doing what the league does not want them to do. And, and we all move on. And additionally, there have been, there have been people fined for taunting who did not get penalized on the field. So if anything, the NFL's opinion is there probably should have been more flags thrown for taunting to this point in the season, not fewer. So from Roger Goodell to Troy Vincent on down, I mean, they, they could not have been stronger in their support of the point of emphasis here. And, and let's reiterate this because I still think people don't understand. This has been the rule for a long time. Taunting rules have been in place. They simply are making it a point of emphasis because you had some high-profile situations last season. Maybe the, the most memorable for me, at least, being when Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, um, who's a notorious agitator for the New Orleans Saints, got in Javon Wims' head for most of the game to the point that Wims tapped him on the shoulder and punched him in the head a couple of times and ended up getting suspended. And there is Ian Rappaport coming to taunt me. You're out, um, you're fined, and you're, and you're penalized. There's no video on this podcast, so that's not going to translate. But he just looked over my shoulder. Uh, the point is, they don't want those situations to escalate. They don't want to have fights. Does that happen a lot in the NFL? No, but we have seen adjustments. And certainly, I think this every time, and I do think it's interesting, when you see a guy, especially along the sidelines, or if he's in traffic right now and getting up to signal a first down, watch carefully how many times you see a guy just take a second to peek around and make sure yeah. I'm signaling over here. <laughs> I am not doing it here. And you see it over and over in games where there are definitely veteran players in particular who are very conscious of, I'm not going to be the guy who gets called for this today. Judy, Tom, fantastic work uh, these last couple of days. And we appreciate you making some time for us here. Thank you very much. Still to come on this special episode of NFL Inside Report, additional news items coming out from that NFL Fall League meeting. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. On Tuesday, Mike Silver of Valley Sports reporting that Texans chairman Cal McNair used an anti-Asian slur at a team event back in May. In a statement obtained by NFL Media, Texans chairman Cal McNair apologized for using that anti-Asian slur and said his comments at the event last May included inappropriate choice of words. McNair said he immediately apologized to people who approached him then, and he apologizes again now, saying, I know how important it is to choose my words carefully. I would never want to offend anyone. And in other news from the NFL Fall League meeting, the NFL Scouting Combine, which has been a mainstay in Indianapolis, Indiana since 1987, will stay in Indianapolis for at least another year. But beyond that, the event might be on the move. NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations, Troy Vincent, confirming the 2022 Combine will be in Indy. But bids from Dallas, Los Angeles, and Indianapolis are in consideration for the 2023 Combine. And that's going to do it for this episode of NFL Inside Report. We're back with you on Friday with a look ahead to Week 8 in the NFL. For producers Thomas Warren and Tim Parachka, I'm your host, Rhett Lewis. We'll catch you next time. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.